Some days you just wake up feeling empty inside. As empty as the Minnesota Vikings trophy case. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I'm your host, John Delray. Yes, today we are looking at the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I purposely put this video to be the last one in this division roundup as we look at other teams in the division from the Packers kind of angle of things. Um, because the Vikings have a lot to decide on yet. They're the only other team in the division who's over the cap, and that's going to determine the direction of this offseason. Like, a lot. And... They really haven't done a lot yet to address it. And of course, there's still time. They don't have to be under the cap until March 15th. So of course there's time. But if you're trying to guess what moves that they're going to make or what positions they need, it's going to kind of depend on how they get under the cap. So we're going to be talking about all of that today. Before we dive into the Minnesota Vikings, though, just a quick couple Packer notes. And you know what? Not a single one of them is about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> So let's talk about two quick Packers notes. Yes, as you know, the NFL Combine is ongoing all this week. We're finally into the portion of the week where they actually are doing the athletic testing. Um, not just everyone sitting around in hotel rooms. They actually have things to measure now. So we're doing the athletic testing. We had edge players and D-linemen yesterday. Today we got defensive backs. And, you know, there's one person who is really commonly mocked to the Packers. Uh, when I did that mock draft roundup last week, it just became clear that, you know, we all know safety is a need for the Packers. And one of the people that a lot of analysts thought could plug that hole in the middle of the first round would be safety Brian Branch. However, there's a problem. Brian Branch did his combine testing today and it has gotten rough. Yeah, he did not post a good RAS score, not even close to the thresholds that the Packers require of their defensive backs. Um, so the likelihood that Brian Branch is going to go to the Packers basically just kind of got ruled out today. I'd be very, very surprised if they move in that direction now. But, you know, here's what I take from the combine. Mock drafts, guessing draft picks, like I love the draft. But if I had to tell you what I love about the draft, it's it's like the movie Draft Day. I want to know all about the trades. I want to know the inner workings. I want to know who's talking to who, like the NFL gossip ring, right? And not necessarily the prospects themselves because no one knows how that's going to go. Like even a really, really good mock draft has what, like 20% of the picks, right? So, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't put a ton of stake into that. So I love the draft. I love the inner workings. I love seeing about the, the surprises on draft day, who goes where and all that kind of stuff. But I also understand fully that the draft is 100% a lottery ticket and crapshoot. You can just be more informed about it than others. And so the combine, for Packer fans at least, because Brian Gutekunst, no, he doesn't use RAS. He does not use relative athletic scores. He uses something similar, we're quite sure, based upon the fact that he does seem to have strict thresholds in his time as GM. So what you can do as a Packer fan is maybe not plug guys into the Packers picks, but there are certainly guys you can rule out once we see their testing numbers, and it seems like Brian Branch is that guy. Um, also, one other Packer note, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, it was announced today that he received ankle surgery. He's mulling over his future, whether he's going to continue playing or not, whether it's going to be in Green Bay or not, whether he's going to follow Aaron Rodgers to 
somewhere in Peru. We just don't know. But it remains that Randall Cobb did get ankle surgery today. And if he does play in 2023, it should help him be pain-free. So speedy recovery to Randall Cobb, whether he plays for the Packers or not. So let's dive into the Minnesota Vikings. You know, in some ways, I kind of have less to talk about here than I did the other teams in the division because we just don't know yet for the Minnesota Vikings. So what we do know is that they finished last year with a record of 13-4. and They won the NFC North. But we also can acknowledge that, like, they had some advanced stats that were really troubling all the way throughout the course of the year, especially if you're a DVOA believer this is not a strong year for the Vikings, and a lot of people predicted that they would be an easy out in the playoffs, much like the Packers in 2019. And then, of course, that came into fruition when the Vikings lost to the Giants in the wildcard round. But here's the thing. You can discount them. You can say that they overperformed, that they got lucky. Still, they won 13 games. Your record kind of says what you are. They still won 13 games. They're a formidable foe. We know that. And the question is, are they going to be able to be as formidable or more so next year, regardless of how the Packers turn out? One thing that they are doing is predominantly keeping continuity in amongst their staff. Head coach Kevin O'Connell will be returning for another year, as will offensive coordinator Wes Phillips. Uh, GM Kwesi Odofo Mensa is still there. The new piece in their coaching staff is defensive coordinator Brian Flores. They moved on from Ed Donatel after one year, and so they went and got the former Miami head coach who was helping out in Pittsburgh last year, Brian Flores. You know, the question with Flores, he's a great coach. I don't think anyone really doubts that. The question is, can he fix the passing defense of the Vikings? It's going to be a whole other challenge. We're going to get more to that shortly. Let's dive into the numbers on the Vikings. What were they good at? What were they bad at? Let's look across the entire season's worth of statistics. Their points per game, they put up 24.9 points per game. That's good for eighth in the NFL. Their rushing yards per game, 97.7, 28th in the NFL. And I will say Dalvin Cook had a very, very inefficient year running the ball as opposed to how he has done in other years of his career. Something that may become pertinent news as we discuss something else in just a little bit. But nonetheless, they were 28th in the NFL in rushing yards per game. This was a very pass-heavy offense. They averaged 263.8 yards per game passing, which is good for sixth in the NFL. On the defensive side of things, this is where it started to fall apart for the Vikings. Not quite to Lions level, but still not great. In terms of points per game allowed, they were sitting at 25.1. That's tied for 30th in the NFL. Happened to be tied with the Detroit Lions. Defensing rushing yards per game. 123.1, that's 20th in the NFL. Defensive passing yards per game, 265.6, that's 31st in the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings, similarly to the Lions, if they want to contend again, they have to shore up this defense. In terms of special teams, the Rick Goslin special teams ranking, they finished 15th. Yes, in case you don't know, Rick Goslin has been a longtime reporter down in Texas, like, old school newsman who's been around for a very, very long time. Years ago, he developed the special teams ranking. Many people in the NFL consider this to be the definitive guide as to who is good at special teams, who isn't. He has a whole reasoning out there, whole algorithm for it. He punches every team in, sees what kind of points they get. It's a lot, but here's what we know. The Minnesota Vikings finished in 15th in his rankings. Let's see how, what they've done thus far this offseason. According to the Minnesota Vikings official site, nothing. 
not a not a single release not a they did some future contract stuff with practice squad guys but like nothing they didn't sign anybody yet they didn't re-sign anybody yet they didn't extend anyone yet they didn't cut anyone yet so there's going to be moves aplenty for the minnesota vikings coming up so let's look at what some of those could be well they have a bevy of players who are free agents not as long of a list as the chicago bears or the detroit lions but it still is a pretty impactful list and i'm going to run it down for you right now Number one, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, cornerback Patrick Peterson, center Garrett Bradbury, kicker Greg Joseph, quarterback Nick Mullins, cornerback Chandon Sullivan, tight end Irv Smith, defensive end Jonathan Bullard, offensive guard Austin Schlottman, long snapper Andrew Dupala, running back Alexander Madison, tight end Ben Ellison, tackle Oli Udo, cornerback Chris Boyd. Not nearly as long of a list as the other teams, but still some impactful players here. Realistically, if you're looking across the roster, you can say that there's probably three defensive starters that are free agents right now. And being $20 million over the cap, they don't exactly have the money to get them back right now. I mean, they could. It's all cap mechanic stuff. But like they're just digging themselves a farther hole, any one of these guys that they choose to spend money on. Now, a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, they could re-sign. Similar to how the Packers were carrying dead money for Adrian Amos, they could sign him for right around that dead money total, push it all around, and then not actually have any cap additional cap expenditure for Amos. The Vikings can do something similar for Dalvin Tomlinson. It still will be a cap charge, um, just not a lot. So it's possible that we see him re-signed if he's willing to be at that price point, which we don't know. Um, but ultimately, you're looking realistically here at three defensive starters. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I would say probably just one. Um, you could argue Irv Smith, too, but with TJ Hawkinson there, I mean, Irv Smith really isn't the starter. He's not the, the tight end one anymore. So, I mean, realistically, on the defensive side of the ball, you're looking at losing Dalvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, and Chandon Sullivan. Chandon Sullivan, I mean, as their nickel corner, he played starters reps, no doubt about it. On the offensive side of the ball, realistically, center Garrett Bradbury, which is sad news for Packer fans because Kenny Clark historically has dominated Bradbury. So this is, yeah, you really hope the Vikings retain him. We won't be upset if they do because Kenny Clark seems to win that matchup every time. So we would like to continue to see that. In terms of overall snap totals, in terms of what they're losing on the offense, they're losing about 1,984 snaps on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, 3,160. This is not nearly the amount of snaps that we've seen lost by the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Still impactful, though. Still question marks for the Vikings. What positions do they really need to address? Well, honestly, it's really dependent on how they fix the cap. The Minnesota Vikings, as it stands right now, are approximately $21 million over the cap. And I did a lot of perusing of Vikings blogs, Viking fan writings, and all the different things. And I gotta tell you... For the Packers, it's always a question of, okay, how many contracts are we going to restructure? How much are we punting out into the future to keep guys around right now? And that's how we're going to get under the cap. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, there seems to be a tremendous amount of belief that they're straight up going to be releasing people. And depending on which source you look at and who you trust, the list of names that they could be releasing is extensive. Now, obviously, of course, they won't be releasing all of them. But still, a few of these guys are more than likely going to have to be released. And that's going to kind of determine where the holes are on the roster. Because right now, just from losing these individuals, 
If assuming you lose all of these players to free agency, well, you got to shore up your interior defensive line and your defensive backs need help. You already knew about the defensive backs because you had the worst, second worst passing defensive football. Same thing with the interior defensive line, just not as much. But if Dalvin Tomlinson goes, then it's a real concern. But I'll add in a couple of the big cut candidates that I read a lot about was Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks. In which case, if both of them go, or if one of them go, inside linebacker is suddenly a large need for the Minnesota Vikings. Or perhaps the most popular release that I read on the offensive side of the ball, Adam Thielen. Now you could argue Osborne could slide right into that number two receiver spot, but then the depth behind him gets pretty perilously thin. Like Packer thin. That ain't good. So then depth at wide receiver becomes a real need too. So lots of questions. You can also argue that offensive guard is also potentially one of the needs. Um, Ingram and Cleveland both played fairly well this year, but certainly upgradable players. I would say they were two of the most durable linemen on the team, but still they seem to be upgradable per their PFF grades. Um, moving on, like what are the real issues here? Well, one, you got to fix the cap. 21 million over. You got you to gotta get under by March 15th. Packer fans know that all too well. Passing defense. Adding, like I said earlier, adding Brian Flores as your defensive coordinator is probably an upgrade over, over Ed Donatel in that regard. But nonetheless, it has to get done. And two of your top three corners are free agents. And your, one of your best safeties, Harrison Smith, is not getting any younger. So something has to change at the passing defense of the Minnesota Vikings if they truly want to contend. And then, like I already addressed, depth at wide receiver or depth at running back. You're looking at if Irv Smith walks, you got TJ Hawkinson and then who at tight end. If Adam Thielen is released... You've got J.J. and then Osborne and then who at wide receiver. Or let's look at running back. There's some rumors that Dalvin Cook might get released after his horribly inefficient year. Pair that with Alexander Madison being a free agent. Rutro, running back gets really thin too. Even if Madison leaves, he appeared in all 18 games last year for the Vikings. He is a heavily used backup in that world. So if he leaves, what are you going to do there? It's another hole to plug. And Dalvin Cook isn't getting any younger, and he was one of the least efficient running backs in football this year. So, playmaking depth becomes a real concern for this Vikings team really quick, when that was the strength of the team this year. I do have to say it's really refreshing to have an NFC North team where you're not sitting around talking about the quarterback. Because Jared Goff, is he the answer in Detroit long term? Justin Fields, are they going to trade him and then pick a quarterback with one? Or are they going to commit to Field? What's happening there? And then, of course... The Packers thing. Moving on. So beyond that, though, this team has to get under the cap. They have to address their depth of playmakers, and they really have to address their passing defense. That's it. So how do they do it? What room do they have to do it? What draft picks do they have? In terms of draft picks, they don't have a lot. They have no money, and they have very, very few draft picks. In the first round, they have picked 23. In the third round, pick 87. Round four, pick 119. Round five, pick 160. And they are projected in the compensatory picks to get an additional fifth rounder. So all told, you're looking at five draft picks. Woof. Five draft picks and no money. Because anyone that you release, you're just creating a new hole that you got to go pay for. And maybe you can upgrade the player, but man, oh man, oh man. 
I mean, I just, I want you to hear this list, okay? This is just from perusing multiple Vikings blogs, uh, conjecture as to, with with reasoning, I didn't just like pick names out of a hat, out of sketchy looking things, but there was reasoning supplied as to why each one of these players could be released from multiple sources. And that list is Zadarius Smith, CJ Ham, Adam Thielen, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith. I don't believe for a second Harrison Smith is going to get cut. Maybe they reworked that contract. Dalvin Cook, I doubt it, but maybe. His fullback, C.J. Ham, the cap savings there are rather minimal. Adam Thielen, yeah, that one's totally possible. Jordan Hicks, Eric Hendricks, great in a new hole. Granted, at a cheaper position to replace. Zadarius Smith, I mean, Packer fans know that one all too well. And if you happen to release him, meh, no one could really blame you, but... I mean, he did have a very, very strong first half of the year, and we know that he's a good match for Hunter on the opposite side. But the Vikings are in a spot where they need cap. And they've got other positions that they've got to upgrade. So look, here's the deal. Are the Minnesota Vikings a team that overperformed last year? Yeah, probably, but they were still a team capable of getting 13 wins, even if they were ugly. We cannot deny that this is a very good football team. The problem is, for the Vikings at least, not for the backers, but for the Vikings, there's no money. Any way that you have to create money means that you're creating another hole. And you've got a whopping five draft picks. So I guess the question is, if you were a 13-4 last year, and you were, you know, quick out in the playoffs in the wild card round. And then you got no money and really not a lot of draft picks. What is the path for you as a franchise to be better than you were last year? Is it just as simple as year two in Kevin O'Connell's system? Is it just as simple as Brian Flores instead of Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator? For both of those things, I tend to doubt it. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings... What is your path forward to get better? If they can figure that out, this team could be on top of the division again. But that's a tall order. Thanks so much for joining me on Lombardi Time Brews. I'll be back next week. A whole bunch of different topics that I'm looking at for next week. And of course, any day now, we're expecting news about a certain quarterback and whether he's feeling the love or whether the Packers are feeling the love or, you know, we'll see how it goes. So uh, check back. If any news breaks, I will be doing an emergency episode unless it just happens to break, like as I'm ready to record Monday or something. Um, but I'll be back all next week, different topics, probably a combine recap, identifying Packers players potentially, or players we can just check off the list because they didn't meet the RAS requirements. Uh, other topics too, got a couple fun ones in the works potentially. So hit, come back next week for more Lombardi Time Brews. Um, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Thanks for being a small part of the community here. I'm so, so thankful that you're here. Have an absolutely fantastic weekend. And as always, go Pack Go.